Welcome to Alive. Here is the most recent podcast from our college ministry. Thanks so much for being a part of this family, and we pray that God speaks to you and inspires you in a powerful way. God, I thank you that our hearts can burn for you because your heart burns for us, God. Father, I thank you that your love awakens us, that when you breathe, you give us life, you give us hope, you remind us who we are, and you remind us whose we are. I thank you that your heart burns for us, that your heart seeks us, your heart finds us, your heart looks for us, because that's how much you love us. God, I don't want to go through the motions anymore. I don't want to act like I know you. I don't want to be one foot in, one foot out. God, I want my heart to burn for you. When people are looking, and most of all, when no one's looking. So God, help my heart and our hearts burn for you by realizing, receiving, and believing that your heart burns for us because you're a good father and you're a good dad that you love us because you love us, because you love us, because you love us. That we are loved and received by you, nothing by what we do, but by everything by what you did on that cross for us. And there's no better season for us to be reminded of that than this resurrection season. I thank you that you love us, God. I thank you in John 10.10, it says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But you, a good father, you have come to give us everything in abundance, more than we could ever expect. Life in its complete fullness until we overflow. I thank you that you're a good dad and you come to give us life and life to the full, that you come and help us live this adventure of life with you, God that it's not meant to be boring or religious, but it's meant to be full of life by the power of your spirit and your love. So God, I ask that you would come, Holy Spirit, come and breathe on us tonight, God. Blow on us tonight, God. Speak to us, Father. Speak to me and through me. Awaken us, God, to be the people, the sons and the daughters, the righteous ones, based on what you've done for us so that we can run this race, that we can live this life with you every step of the way. Thank you, God, that your heart burns for us. Thank you that your heart burns for us. Yeah, Dylan, can you just sing that one more time? But can you change the words to say, his heart burns for us? or his heart burns for you, or make it however you want to make it.
prodigal son who left, who spent all his inheritance, who shamed his father's name, but yet he runs to his son. He runs with joy, with gladness, with happiness, because the son, his child, whom he loves, who once was lost, came home. And his father didn't wait for him, didn't rebuke him, didn't yell at him, but he ran to him with open, with open arms accepting him as he is. And I thank you, Father, that you accept us and you love us. And you love us so much. You keep waking us up, God. So I pray you'd wake us up tonight, Father. Speak to us in a way that only you can, Holy Spirit. And wake us up by your love. Because your love doesn't keep us the same. It changes us from the inside out. And I thank you that as Eric's saying, you're a good papa, you're a good Abba, you're a good father, and that we belong to you. That we belong to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Man, well, this is a called encounter night because we believe that God loves to use nights like this to encounter us and to speak to us. Yeah. Hey, Austin, can you actually go back to the lights as it just was, please? Thank you. And, you know, these nights got started and got planned uh, the first, our first year of Alive four years ago. And we thought of these nights, and we've been in the chapel, and we've been in Rev, and we were in here. Um, but we just truly believe these nights are set apart, that there's something special. And so whether you've been coming to Alive for a while or this is your first time, we just say welcome and come as you are, because God sees you and accepts you as you are. And if, as we go back into worship, we're going to kind of just, just spread out and have this place and have this space for you just to encounter God and for him to encounter you. And it doesn't matter what the person next to you is doing. We have this saying that we break out and we say, say audience of one. And all that matters tonight is you and Jesus. So I'm gonna pretend you guys aren't here tonight and I'm just gonna speak to Jesus tonight. Is that okay? <laughs> no, actually, that'd be kind of boring, but no. <laughs> Um, but thank you for coming out, and I just pray that God speaks to you in a mighty way tonight. 
If you didn't know, we're recording an EP album. It's hope, hopefully we're going to put it out on Spotify this summer. Um, so we just love the, the, the band's hearts and how they go after things. So hopefully that will be out this summer. But I can't believe that we, this year's almost over and that this year's been a special year. Um, you know, we have a lot of seniors that are graduating. And, and as I've been thinking about, you know, life, and life is just tricky sometimes, you know, it catches you by surprise. And, and in Mark 13, we've been going through this series. It, it should be up there, the slide. Uh, one before that sermon series, there we go. Walking as Jesus walked, and we've been looking at how Jesus walks, and we want to emulate how he walked and how he lived. And as we look at Mark 13, I feel like the title of this message was supposed to be Faith That Awakes Us. And, and Mark 13, you know, Dan Putman spoke last week about drawing us back to our first love in Mark 12 and coming back to the heart of the Father and remembering why we come to church, remembering why we do what we do, because it's a Father and a Savior that loves us, and coming back to that love. And that's, again, what these nights are really made for, that we could experience his love. We're not just meant to know about his love, but we're meant to experience it, right? Um, we're, we're not meant to rely just on our experiences or our feelings. We need to know it as well, but it's the, it's the sacred romance of the both. And so I pray that tonight God speaks information to you and reminds your mind that he loves you, that he knows you, but you actually tangibly experience his love, whether it's for the first time or the 50th time. I'm a big feeler, so I need to experience a little bit of my wife's love every day. She just said, right, I love you, but then she was mean to me, and never, I never experienced it, that'd be hard. But also, if I was dependent on just always experiencing it every day, and, and air every second or every minute, and I didn't have faith to believe that she loved me when she was out working or, or doing what she's doing, that wouldn't be a good, a healthy way to live either. And so tonight's chapter is all about <laughs> kind of an interesting subject. It's kind of about end times. And God and Jesus starts this chapter, one, sh sharing that <laughs> this earth isn't forever. This life isn't forever. And as I was thinking about that and reading, like, God, what do you want to say about end times? That's kind of a unique subject, you know. I'm sure you've heard of some people saying, I know when it's going to happen. And they, you know, say it's this date and everyone buys water and food and thinks that the world's going to end. And it, it, we're still here. So I'm not here to say when it's going to end or even how it's going to end. <laughs> but guys, there is a reality that one day we're gonna be called to heaven or heaven's gonna to come to us. And that this life on this earth isn't gonna last forever. And I'm not even talking about dying because I don't believe any of us will die if we have Jesus. Yes, our physical bodies will not, will stay here, but our spirit, our true inner man or person or woman will go be with the Lord, that we will go into heaven or he will first come back to us. That could be tonight, that could be tomorrow, or that could be in 20, 30, 50, or a thousand years. We don't know, but we do know this, that this life isn't the end. It's not the end of the story. 
And as I was thinking about when I, when I played football, that was, I gave my whole life to football in high school. That was who I was. That, that was the identity I had in. If I was doing good at football, I was happy in life. If I was doing bad at football and riding the bench, I was sad in life. And my identity was football. And I remember when football was over, I, I kind of didn't know who I was. And there was a stepping out into this new part of life of who is Ryan Otto and what am I going to live for and what am I going to do? I remember in high school when I graduated, it was that same type of thing. I knew I was going to college, but there was this new stage of life. Life wasn't ending, but there was a new chapter. And then for sure, when I graduated college, seniors, I don't want to scare you, but man, life got really real then. And there was a whole new journey in life a whole new stage. There was a part of me that was being left behind and I was moving forward. And it was scary and it was hard and it was, I was called out of the boat onto the sea, into into areas that I wasn't comfortable in, that I wasn't safe in. But it was those times that God, that Jesus became my all in all. It was those times where it was scary and it was hard and I didn't know who Ryan Otto was gonna become. Maybe I was living in a tent in Africa or at 29, waking up at 4.30 in the morning to shovel horse manure, and I was living in my aunt and uncle's basement. That is a true story. That it was in those moments when I had $100 in my bank account, and I didn't know if I was ever going to get married or who I was going to be, that God showed up and showed off in my life and first showed me who he was so then he could show me who I was that I didn't know it and I was going through life and it was hard, but he was making me the man that I was created to be. And he's still on that journey of doing that in my heart, just like he's on that journey with you. And so whether it's an end to our life or it's to an end to a season, it's not the end of the story, friends. It's the end of one chapter, but the book is not over. The movie isn't ending. A sequel is coming. And I believe that as we're looking at this series, I'm not going to, why is this important? Because I believe Jesus wanted us to know, don't live like your life, like this life is always going to be the same. Don't take your life for granted. That our lives are fragile, that it could, and I don't say this to scare you, but to prepare you, that we could be called home tonight or home could come to us tonight. And when he comes, or when we're called home, will we be ready? I don't get scared about my life ending. I do a little bit sometimes. (laughs) But I more get scared about, when I look back at my life, will I have lived it to the fullest? Will I have been fully alive and be the Ryan, be the son that he created me to be? Or did I live for worldly things? And did I get consumed by worries and fears and things that didn't matter? And when I look him in the eye and I'm on my knees and seeing him for the first time and hugging him, well, I know I've been the son that he created me to be. And I think, you know, one of the biggest tactics of the enemy, a.k.a. the, the devil, he, he wants to make people think that he's not real. He wants to make people think that he's not alive, and he is. And I don't like him. And he prowls around like a lion trying to scare people and and mess people's lives up. 
But we don't need to be scared of him because greater is he that lives in us, a.k.a. Jesus, than the one that lives in this world. But I only say that to say, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think the enemy tries to trick us. of like, oh, your life's not going to end. Oh, you're so young. Don't worry about that. Do whatever you want to do. Drink what you want to drink. Eat what you want to eat. You know, you're, like, you're, you're young. You have your whole life in front of you. And yeah, I hope that's true for a lot of us. But guys, I don't know about you, but I've been tempted to think of like, oh, like, I'm invincible, right? Like, I'll ne- that will never happen to me. I'll never have it happen to have this happen to me. And again, we're not, I don't want to live in fear of, of death or anything. But why is Jesus saying to us this in this chapter? And I believe it's a wake-up call. When football was over, I had regrets. When high school was over, I had regrets. When college was over, I had regrets. I don't want to look back at past seasons of my life or my life in general with regrets. It won't be perfect, but I pray it will be real. And that I'll know who I was and who, whose I was. And that I'll live for something greater than myself. So I believe tonight, as we look at some scripture and share some stories, that it's an awakening, an awakening to be fully alive. Why do we call this ministry alive? It's not because we're fully alive, but we're on the journey of becoming alive. We're on the journey of me being the best, full Ryan Otto through the grace and spirit and love of God that I can be. And then I get to help Brett be the full and best Brett Jacob that he can be. And I get to inspire Mariah to be Mariah, not to be Hope or MJ or anyone else, that she gets to be Mariah because Mariah is beautiful and wonderful and an awesome person. That you don't get to be like someone else. Everyone else is taken, but you get to be you. Because God knit you together and formed you and called you to be alive in this world, in this place, in this space at U of I at Parkland. Again, you guys know what I'm going to say for such a time as this. But when you catch that revelation, Philip, every day you wake up, man, whether you have a good race or a bad race, you know who you're living for. And you know who called you to be alive in this world, in this life. Whether you have a bad swim meet or not, whether you get an F on your paper or a B on your paper, yes, we want to be excellent, we want to do things well, we want to work and live and compete for the one who called us, but those things don't define us, he defines us. So friends, I pray that tonight is awakening and a reminder that this life is a gift and I don't want to take this life for granted because he could come back tonight, guys. And I believe that's what this chapter was all about. That's why this chapter is so important. It's not about when or how, whether we go to heaven or heaven comes to us. It will happen. And just like we graduate high school or college and we go into enter into new seasons of our life, I don't want to look back at the past seasons. I want to look, run into the new season, sprinting, being fully alive, but empowered by his spirit and his love. Knowing that my my. My yes for tomorrow is better than my, my no for yesterday. That his tomorrow for you is better than what happened yesterday. That his future for you, Eric, is better than what happened in the past. That we forget what was behind us and we focus our eyes on what's in front of us and we run to our Father and we run to our Savior knowing that he has a better yes for us tomorrow. A better yes for us today. So God, speak to us tonight. That's what I pray. So if you want to open your Bible or you can 
I'm going to read a little bit, and there's going to be some verses on your screen. We're in Mark chapter 13. And Jesus is sharing that we're going to go through hardship, that there's going to be hardship in the land, there's going to be earthquakes, there's going to be wars, that it's not going to be easy. Then he even goes on to say that there'll be persecution, persecution from your own family, persecution from friends. And he doesn't say this, I believe, to scare us, but to prepare us. I remember when I first accepted Jesus, I was a partier in high school, a partier in college, and when I first accepted Jesus, there were some family members, one specifically, that didn't think it was real, that thought it was just a, you know, a, a phase I was going through, a fad that I was happening. But Jesus became real to me. He began to change me from the inside out, and I remember I had an argument with this family member, and the old me would have screamed back at them and got in their face and punched a wall or a hole in my wall or, or something. And I remember I just, I just stayed still. And this person yelled at me and this other family member afterwards, I just went up into my room and I remember I just got on my knees and I prayed. And this other family member came to me and said, wow, God is changing you. God has changed you. I finally believe that God is real and he's working and moving in your life because the old you would have never responded that way. So there will be persecution. There will be hardship. There will be insults. This road of following Jesus is not for the faint of heart, but he doesn't promise that it'll always be easy, but he does promise, friends, that it'll always be worth it that there is a cost and we're actually meant to weigh the cost. Before I married MJ, I had to weigh the cost. There was a lot of good cost. <laughs> but before you make a decision like that, you have to weigh it. You have to, you have to think, can I, am I gonna choose this person for the rest of my life through sick and hardship and, and richer and poor? And you know, you know, am I gonna follow her? Am I gonna accept the, her family, you know, is she going to accept my family and accept me through all my quirks and everything that I do? <laughs> it's a journey for her. It's a lot easier for me. But are we going to weigh the cost that it won't always be easy, but it will be worth it and that he'll be with us every step of the way through it? So Jesus is going on. He's preparing us for this and I'm going to pick up in verse, verse 10, and he says, but prior, to the end of a, but prior to the end of the age, the hope of the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. And I love that because it says, for the hope of the gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel is Jesus. The gospel is that the Father of God, Abba God, as Eric saying, loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die for us on a cross so that we could have eternal and everlasting life. That, that we have been made righteous, that we've been made, that we've been saved through grace by faith, not based on our works and what we do, but based on what he's done for us. It says in the Bible that all we have to do is believe in our heart that Jesus died for us on the cross and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we will be saved. That means we're going to heaven. It's that easy. Every other religion, I've studied a lot of them. You have to do things. You have to keep rules. You have to do all these things. Jesus says, you don't have to do anything because I've done it for you. But there is an invitation because love doesn't force itself. 
But love is patient and love is kind and it will wait for you and it will knock at the door of your heart until you realize that you need this love to be fulfilled. That you don't really know you need a savior until you know you're a sinner. And he waits for you and he loves you and he pursues you like a good father does. And that's why this hope, as Paul likes to sing, this living hope fills us. When I wake up and I'm sad or I'm going through something hard, it's a living hope that we're reminded of, that we get to experience and encounter. And this living hope gets to fill us up and refresh us and refuel us. When we trip up and we stumble, this living hope picks us up. This living hope keeps believing in us, keeps cheering us on, keeps praying for us. Jesus says he literally prays for us and intercedes for us in heaven. And guys, sometimes we can focus so much on us and what we don't do, and we forget the living hope of what he's done for us. That he is the one that makes us holy. That it's by his grace and his kindness that, that leads us to repentance. That because he forgives us and reminds us of who we are, and because he picks us up and dusts us off and cheers us on, it makes us want to run the race even harder. Because we've been given a free ticket out of jail. That we've been given a second and third and fourth and fifth chance. And it doesn't mean we just waste those. But we believe in those and we receive those. So Jesus goes on in verse 11 and says, So when they put you under arrest and hand you over the tri for trial, don't even give one thought about what you will say. And I love this. Here it is. Simply speak what the Holy Spirit gives you at that very moment and realize that it won't be you speaking, but the Holy Spirit repeatedly speaking through you. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, if you're wondering. And I just love that, guys. You know, sometimes I had a, a guy come up to me. I don't know if he's here, but recently he said, hey, how do you speak so well, man? I want to be a motivational speaker, and I want to learn from the master. I'm like, well, first, why are you talking to me? <laughs> Definitely don't come talk to me. But I was like, man, like, like, I don't know. Like, find something you're passionate about. Find something you believe in and that you can be real about because people will pick that up. If you really believe it and it's real to you, it can be real to them. And like, Holy Spirit empowers us. If you would have known the Ryan Otto before I knew Jesus, I would have never been able to live the life that I've been living. And I don't say that to boast in me. And you can ask my wife. She will tell you, man, I am a work in progress. A big work in progress. But I'm thankful that I have a father that keeps molding me and keeps chipping away and keeps fathering me and loving me, helping me be the son, husband, and man he's called me to be. But when we're put in situations, friends, when we are persecuted, when there is insults, when, when we are tested, that's when we rely and we tap into Holy Spirit. And that's why we talk so much about Holy Spirit here. We don't love Holy Spirit more than we love Jesus. We love Jesus. We don't love Holy Spirit more than we love the Father. We love the Father. They're all God in one. But it's not the Holy Father, the Holy Son, and the Holy Bible. It's the Holy Father, the Holy Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he gave us the Bible, and we love the Bible. But we don't cherish the Bible more than the one who wrote the Bible. We cherish them both. 
And that's why Holy Spirit is so important. And as we listen to him and as we grow with him, he will speak to us. I love the verse that says, the righteous are bold like lions. You know, I, I pulled into our parking lot the other day and <laughs> I didn't know anyone was watching, but I was just having a God moment and I got out of my car and, and I love parking in front of this one tree, this big tree Kyle and I park in front of. And, and it reminds me of oaks of righteousness. And I was like, Lord, thank you that I'm an oak of righteousness every time I park. And I just got out of the car and, and, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be afraid to get, out of, get on my knees in this parking lot and worship God. I don't want to be afraid what people think. So I get out of the parking lot, I'm worshiping God, you know, and only for like a couple minutes, you know, and then I get up and uh, I come in and, you know, I, I saw Kyle backstage, talk to him real quick, and then I walk into the office and my boss, Julie and Mike Yoder and Daniel Goulet were hanging out and they're like, yo, Rye, uh, we need to talk to you. We saw you through the window. Were you worshiping the tree? <laughs> and they're like, what are you teaching at Alive, yo, <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh, it's them. I didn't know anyone was watching. <laughs> You know, but if people were watching, would I still been so in love with him and so empowered by his boldness and empowered by his spirit to get on my knees and worship him and show him? Man, I never want to be afraid to show MJ I'm in love with her. I don't care who's watching. Like, I'll scream it as loud as I can. And the same way, I never want to be afraid to show them in love with Jesus. I don't want to freak people out. I want people to like see that it's an amazing thing and not a scary thing. I don't want to be like some of those people on the quad that come with signs. You know who those are. But man, when we're filled with his spirit and we're filled with his love, we don't really care what other people think. So he says, even when family betrays you, I will give you the words to speak. Rely on me by relying on my spirit. And then lastly, he says, but be determined in verse 13, but be determined to be faithful to the end and you will be saved. Be determined to be faithful to the end and you will be saved. And guys, I'm not, I'm not talking about dying here. Yeah, that's scary stuff. I don't even like to watch the news sometimes because it's depressing and it's scary and we live in a world that is a war zone, not just physically, but spiritually. But we have a father that fights for us. We have a father that's with us. We have a father that I pray if I'm ever in a tragedy that I won't turn and run the other way, but I will help people, that I'll be willing to give my life for others, someone I don't even know because that's what Jesus has done for us. And it's in those moments when fear takes over. It's in those moments when we're afraid to go after what God's called us to do, to leave our comfort zone and step out of the boat into the unknown when his spirit leads us and his spirit guides us and his spirit empowers us. And when life hits hard, how do we respond? And do we remember that this life is not the end of the story? It's actually just the beginning. Whether we get called to heaven or heaven comes to us, one day this chapter will be over. And will we have been the people he called us and created us to be? I used to think when I used to go out and get drunk and drink, what if Jesus came back tonight when I was drunk and passed out? What if I heard the trumpets and saw the Son of Man coming down from heaven? 
would you be ready? Would I be ready? And as a good father in Philippians 1.6, it says that I am faithful to complete the work that I've started. That we're not gonna be faithful by our strength to the end, but we will be faithful by his strength. That we will be faithful as we rely on him and his grace, and his faith, and his spirit. And that's why we need his spirit. And it says in scripture to keep in step with his spirit. It's not just a one thing, oh, I'm saved, now I'm home, now I'm scot-free in the game. But then he calls us into the game to help others, to free others, to change others, to inspire others, to walk with others, to help your friends know that, hey, there's more to life than what you're living for right now. And I'm not perfect, but I'm on the journey of the one who is perfect. And the same Father and Savior that is helping me will help you. And that's the Father that we have. That's why we gather nights like this and sing and rejoice of who he is and what he's done in our lives. That's why we pray that you invite your friends and invite people from campus. College is one of the hardest, most temptation that you'll ever feel when you're in college, especially when you're at a college like U of I. It is. but you're also sent there to be a light. And when a light shines, no matter how dark the darkness is, it can't sniff out that light. And we're a family. And as we stick together with each other and with our Father, I believe life by life, person by person, we will take back this campus. If Jesus was coming back tomorrow, would we go home and tell our family about him? Would we tell our friends about him? Would we tell our coworkers about him? Or would we be scared? He could come back tomorrow. And will we be ready? I love how it says later on in the chapter, verse uh, 26 or 27, Jesus says, Then they will see the Son of Man appearing in the midst of clouds, and revealed with mighty power and great glory. And at that time, he will send messengers who will gather together his beloved chosen ones from every direction, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. One of the other translations says, he will go out and gather his family. And I loved that. He'll gather his family. That's why we say we're family here and alive. Again, not because we're perfect or we got it all together, but we're family in Christ, that we have each other's backs, that we pick each other up, that we help each other out. That's why this weekend, I hope you guys come to celebrate four of your, Zach and, and Caroline and, 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 and a couple others, uh, Bailey and who else am I forgetting? Someone <laughs> that, that we're celebrating each other, getting baptized and getting celebrated because that's an amazing thing to celebrate that people who are lost are now saved and they're not afraid to show it to others Caroline might have a fear of talking in front of people but she's going to get on a mic and share about what God has done in her heart and her life and it's going to be amazing and the Spirit of God's going to empower her, embolden her, and help her. And we're going to be cheering for her every step of the way. Because that's what family does. So friends, are we ready? I love the, the quote that says, Remember that great love and great achievements 
involve great risk. Remember that great love and great achievements involve great risk. Will we be afraid to risk things that God's calling us to risk? Will we be afraid to go after things that God's calling us to go after? And if we, sw- if we strike out swinging, will we know at least we swung for the pitch and didn't stand there timid, afraid to swing the bat in fear that we might strike out? I want to be willing to go where God's called us to go and stay where he ca- he's called us to stay, knowing that we run the race, we live this life for the one who's chosen us, who saved us to be alive. That when we know that, friends, we will be unshakable because it doesn't mean we won't be shaken. We will be shaken, but we will rely and we will depend and we will rest on the one who can't be shaken. Who are you living for and what are you living for? And for those of us who know Jesus and who've been on this walk and in this life for a while now, are we going through the motions? Is it real to us? Is it real to us that people around us know it's real to us, not just by what we say, but how we live? Does it drip off of us? Am I, just how I rock Illini gear, or yes, even Ohio State gear, am I rocking Jesus gear from the inside out in the vessel of my heart? So people know that I'm a Christian by how I live my life, by how I treat my wife, by how we live as a family. Caroline, God can use you to change and save the whole volleyball team. I believe that. Philip, he can use you. The whole track team can be saved. I believe it. MJ, Tessa, the whole gymnastics team. You athletes, he's given you a platform. The swim team. You sisters stick together. Uh, uh, You are so strong. I see you guys. Anytime I see you, you're always together. This is just the beginning. Whether we're fraternities or sororities or, 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 or classes, guys, I just believe whatever platform he's given you, it's, it's for a reason. If you're in a relationship, in all love, where is she? The relationships that we're in, the family that we're in, where are they? Do they know Jesus? If Jesus is real to us, do they know it? Do they feel it? Do they experience it? This is not in condemnation. This is not saying you need to do more. This is an inspiring message to awaken me and awaken us of why we're alive and who we're living for. And this life, we don't have this limitless time. We don't know how much time we have left. And are we making the most of it? Are we making the most of it? Am I making the most of it? Because it could be over like that. It could be over like that. And I don't want you guys to make the same mistake that I made in college, that I wasted it. I promise he'll use you and speak to you and through you to change the people's lives that you love the most. You just have to step out in faith and keep listening to him. Keep letting his perfect love overcome that fear. So I want to end and band, you can come back up if you want. Where Jesus says, for those days can be compared to a man who is about to leave on a journey. But before leaving, he placed his servants in charge and gave each one work to do while he was away. Then he commanded the watchman to be on guard at all times. 
So I say to you, keep awake and alert, for you have no idea when the master of the house will return, in the evening or at midnight or at four o'clock in the morning or at dawn. Be alert, for he's coming suddenly and may find you sleeping. And what I say to you, to the four of you, I say to everyone, and here it is, it's gonna be on the screen. Be awake at all times. Be awake at all times. I was joking with Owen. I don't know where he is. I think they're coming up soon. But I was joking with Owen and I was sending him some verses. I kind of had him thinking that he was going to preach this message. And he got really upset with me. <laughs> right, O? <laughs> and I kept saying, hey, man, you just got to be ready in season and out. In season and out. He's like, I know, Rye, but I'm not speaking. I told you I'm not speaking. I'm like, I know, O, just got to be ready in season and out, bro. That's all I'm saying. He's like, I know, Rye, I'm glad we can laugh at this. Actually, I'm not laughing, he said, but I'm glad you can laugh at this, but I'm not speaking. <laughs> I said, oh, all I'm saying is you got to be ready in season and out. I'm glad we could laugh at that. Oh, that's a fun memory. <laughs> and then I sent him a text like a couple hours later that said, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say, don't worry. <laughs> and then he got really upset with me. <laughs> But guys, you know, it's easy to say this when you're on a stage in front of believers. But I remember I was in India and I went to this place and I've shared this story before called the Monkey Temple. And all these people were literally worshiping these statues of monkeys and believing that they're gods. And, you know, some of my friends were taking pictures and this thing just like hit me of like, man, these people like aren't gonna go to heaven. And like, what if this is my one chance to tell them about Jesus? And, and I was afraid, but this courage and this, the, God's spirit fell on me. I mean, it was already in me, but just kind of oh, inspired me when I say that. And uh, I started just sharing about Jesus and I share, started sharing it to a couple kids. And before you know it, 30, 40 people were around me and there was this crowd gathering. Seriously, straight up, you feel like you're in the gospel. Like when you read these stories about Jesus, this was in India. And I remember I just asked, I had a translator and and, and, and I remember my team was like, we gotta go, we gotta go. Like, you can get arrested for this. And, but I asked, I said, does anyone wanna accept Jesus right now in their lives? And there was like nine teenagers that rose their hand and said yes. And guys, I was afraid. I was scared. I didn't know what I was gonna say, but something in me said speak. And, and by the grace of God, I've not listened to a lot, but I listened. Some of you might get random text messages from me or videos that I send you. And sometimes people are like, How'd you, why'd you send that to me? I'm like, I don't know. I was on Instagram and I felt like God said send it to you, you know? I mean, I figure if I send it to 100 people, at least I'll speak to one, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't send it to 100 people, but sometimes. <laughs> but you know, friends, my life was, all my identity was in football. And... Uh, I went to a powerhouse football, and I've shared this story before, but I felt like I was supposed to share it again. And it came my senior year, and a coach called me into his office, and he was very intimidating. He called me, oh, he said, oh, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're not gonna be able to play football your senior year. I said, coach, what do you mean? Like, I've been training, fighting so hard. I didn't play as a junior, working so hard in the off season. What do you mean, coach? He said, you didn't take, you, you're, you're ineligible. I said, what do you mean I'm ineligible? I had a 3.0? Like, that was good for me, you know? Like, 3.0, yes. <laughs> and 
I'm being serious, by the way. <laughs> and um, he was like, one of the classes you took didn't count as a full credit course. And your counselor never told you, and, and, and you missed it. And guys, my, 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 my foundation was shook. It was shaken. The thing that I put all my identity was taken away. And I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know who I was. And I began to unravel and go downhill my whole senior year until all the seeds my grandma planted in me, I started remembering, I started thinking about. And I said, okay, if this God is really real, I'm gonna go to church myself and find out. And slowly but surely, I was in process, but he was knocking at the door of my heart, showing me that, Ryan, football might have ended. One chapter might have ended, but this is just the beginning of an amazing adventure that you and me are going on. And as much as I love football and still have dreams about it, I wouldn't change anything that's happened. And I believe sometimes I still have dreams about playing because God wants to remind me that you never know when it's gonna be over. When I was in my prime, when I thought it was my time, it was taken away from me. And I had regrets. I wish I would have practiced harder, trained harder, gave more of it, my, my life to it. I wish I could have been the football player that my family and my teammates and my captains and my coaches believed I could have been. And I was at every game, but I couldn't physically put on the pads and play in the game. And I believe that when we go to heaven, we might be able to see what happens here, but we won't physically be able to be here. And I still have regret and remorse about not being in the moment and giving it all I had. And I believe I still have dreams about that, usually like once a month or so, for God to remind me, this is the real game of life. This is the real game that I'm in right now. And sometimes when we're in it, we don't know it. And I don't wanna have regrets at this life when I get called home or when home comes to find me. So will we run this race hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder, as a family together? And will we know that we're alive and when we feel like we're going through the motions, will we remember this song where it says, this might hurt, it's not safe, but I know that I've got to make a change. I don't care if I break, at least I'll be feeling something because just okay is not enough. Help me fight through the nothingness of life. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to go one more day without your all-consuming passion inside of me. I don't want to spend my whole life asking, what if I'd given everything? Well, remember that we have been given this life as a precious, precious gift. And I promise you, you're alive and you're chosen for an amazing reason. And he'll be with you every step of the way. And it won't always be easy, but it'll always be worth it. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you, God, again, that your heart burns for us and that your heart burns for us and loves us and fights for us 
and you don't allow us to stay the same, that you call us out of the boat into the sea, you put us in situations that were uncomfortable, that's even scary because you wanna show us that you'll show up and you'll show off that you're real and that you're alive. And when we're scared and when we're nervous and we're afraid, that's when you become our shelter in this storm. That's when you become our all in all. And you remind us and show us who you are and who we are. So God, in our jobs, in our businesses, in our friend group, in this campus, as we go off this summer, let us not go through the motions. Let us be awake and let us be ready not in fear that this life will end or fear that you're coming back, but we know one day we will see you face to face. So God, inspire us and awaken us to be the men, to be the women, to be the sons and the daughters, the husbands and the wives, the fathers and the mothers, the people, your hands and your feet and your heartbeat to this world that it needs, that you've called us to be. And we feel like we're spent and don't have any energy and can't go on any further. Remind us that you carry us and you fight for us and you're with us every step of the way. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. For more info, please follow us on social media at Alive Vineyard College or check out our website at thevineyardchurch.us slash alive.